Welcome to the Work Smart Club podcast hosted by Dr. Cynthia Howard, executive coach and Lean Sigma Black Belt, and brought to you by Work Smart Consulting. Inside of you is the power to transform your world. You just have to unleash your potential. Get ready for strategies you can use right now. Leadership leverage you need. Congratulations, you have the new job, you've gotten the promotion, and you're probably filled with excitement and hopefully just a little bit of trepidation. The trepidation is to keep you humble, open, and wondering, okay, so what do I need to do today? How should I proceed in this role? Because the quiet truth is what got you to this point will not carry you further. You got the promotion because whoever hired you saw something in you and recognized that potential. And during the interview process, you projected a future you. Today, we are talking about how to leverage your past rather than reviving it. Bringing your future into the present when you're faced with the challenges of a new role, new demands, new people, new personalities is easier when you know how to leverage your past. So a lever is something that makes a very heavy weight easier to lift by just one person. So we're going to talk about some of those levers that are going to allow you to leverage your past. What people try and do is they try and relive their past when those skills aren't going to be what get you further ahead. And that's where that humility comes in. So I worked with a team who had a genius for a manager when he was in his technical role. And you've all probably have experienced this either personally or in a new manager. So this person was known throughout the organization for solving problems. And when he got the job as a manager, he was expecting to be revered in this new role like he was in his previous one. And the truth is he flopped. So he tried to revive his past rather than take the gold out of that past and reshape it for his future role. So another leader I worked with was taking over as the successor when the CEO retired. And this leader worked as the VP of operations. She was responsible for a major turnaround. She had many successes There were supply chain problems, as we've all become familiar, and lots of other challenges. And she was quite successful, but she was known as, quote unquote, a ball buster. She used words like crushing the opposition, hitting people hard. They were used to, by her and then also by others describing her. So she got a reputation of being tough and unforgiving. And that was exactly what she needed in that role and during that time. But it's not what she needed as the new CEO. So as they say, one's reputation precedes them. And in this case, it wasn't good news for those people that she was going to be leading. So the question was kind of hanging in the air. Is she going to revive those past tactics There were people that were scared, were nervous, because they didn't know if if she would try to recreate those feelings of success or if she was going to be able to adapt. 
and bring to the table those characteristics that were relevant in this current role as CEO. So I know everyone knows this, but I'm not sure it has sunk into people's hearts that we are living in a new age. Normal is definitely over. And we have to find a new way to think about work and to think about leadership. I mean, the great resignation is a reminder of that. So I'm going to be talking about what you can do to leverage your past with each of these traps that I want to cover, because I want you to make your transition successful. So let's take a look at some of these common traps that individuals fall into when they are getting ready to make this big transition. So these are traps that leaders at all different levels make, even when you're not transitioning. So if you're not currently transitioning, listen with new ears because this is going to make a difference in how you show up as a leader. So the first trap is very common and it's really detrimental and it's jumping to solutions. Okay, this is when leaders feel compelled to take some kind of action even before they fully understand the problem. And not too long ago, I spoke with the CEO. We were talking about what I could do for their company with regard to turnover and performance. And he wanted me to come up with a solution in that five-minute conversation. Well, I hadn't fully understood the problem. Well, he felt like he had understood it. But in the meantime, I had been given information from another leader in the company, and I knew that he was missing some of the pieces of the puzzle. So what tends to happen is the window that you look out of, so to speak, in your company, if you have a certain perspective as a leader, you have a certain view, but you don't necessarily know it all. And in fact, there's that information iceberg The further up you go, the less information you really have. So jumping to solutions may feel good because you're getting into some action and intervention. And you may tell yourself, I've got this because I have all this experience and expertise. But in fact, what it does is it reduces the opportunity for a total transformation because you're short-circuiting some of the processes that need to happen for the intervention to work. Because it's not just about finding the solution, it's about getting people on board so people can implement that solution. So while it's true that leaders are responsible for their outcomes, It also means that you're responsible for the right outcome. So it's tempting under those conditions to think that you get the solution because after all, you're the leader, you've got this expertise or your strength in connecting the dots and seeing the big picture. I would resist that, okay? Because jumping to solutions leads to the next trap and that is coming up with the solution, Okay, so when leaders make up their minds that they know what the problem is, that can alienate staff and cause more problems. It's going to create resistance because people want to be involved in the solution. So these two traps kind of snowball together into bigger and deeper traps. But let's stop for a moment and talk about what you can do so you can resist this impulse. First, Acknowledge, yes, I have great strengths, great expertise, 
but also acknowledge that you were likely not hired to save the day or to rescue the entire operation. And so therefore, you don't have to come up with the solution all the time. In fact, it's better as the leader that you empower other people to do that and you remove the roadblocks so that they can do that. So one thing that you can do is in your first 100 days as the leader, and if you've been in that role already for a year, maybe even a couple, you can still use this 100-day analogy. Clarify what you are responsible for producing. So you want to go deep into your role description, but you also want to talk to your boss. Have that conversation and hear from them in their own words what they want to see happen. That's what I call a job analysis. So clarity is definitely one of the levers that I talk about in the Work Smart Principle. That's one of my books coming out soon. But this is the lever here that's going to keep you from jumping to solutions, is making sure that you're very clear, one, on what your ultimate role is, but you need to get really clear on what the problem is. And very often the problem that people think is going on is not really the problem. And I say that out of experience of over 20 years in executive coaching, working with thousands of people and hearing people come in and say, this is my problem. And in fact, that's not the problem. So the ability to get clarity in the midst of pressure is one of those skill sets that successful leaders develop because When you're in the midst of pressure and demands and you've got to come up with solution, that's a very unique intersection. And this is where mindful attention and agility come together. So the way to develop that is through self-awareness and learning to control one's internal landscape. So those impulses that get people in trouble overreacting, getting angry, rolling your eyes, demonstrating in some facial expression or body language your impatience or your frustration, because all of that triggers the stress reaction. And we're hardwired to feel first and think second. And so unless you learn to control those reactions, you're going to be in a constant reactive mode. And when that happens, your higher level thinking functions, your perspective goes offline. So your window of judgment narrows and you're not as effective as you could be. So mindful attention is actually using the three seconds that makes up a moment and being fully aware in that time. So when you are fully aware, your own interactions are pushed aside, they're put into a compartment to deal with later, you can take in what's going on around you. That's your situational awareness. And this is what allows you to be agile. So if you're distracted and preoccupied with your own emotions, maybe you're hungry with your own physical situation, you're going to miss out on what's going on in the environment and in other people. And you're not going to be able to have the impact you want. And this is oftentimes what triggers people to want to come to a solution because they don't like that feeling of uncertainty or that they don't know what they're doing. They don't like that. They think it makes them look like they're ineffective. 
when in fact taking a pause sometimes is going to make you even stronger. So mindful attention is something we need to practice because we're living in an information age where there is more information than we can even manage. And the level of distraction is so big. So you have to learn to manage that information and manage your attention. So it helps if you also have an optimistic perspective. So I know I've probably done a podcast on optimism. It is one of my favorite things, and that's because it's so understated. Optimism is something that you actually can develop. It's not something that you're born with. I know a lot of people think, oh, I I wasn't born that way. Well, it is something you develop. We actually have a course on that in the WorkSmart Club Network. But optimism is a future forward perspective. And the assumption is that one has confidence, not necessarily in the external world and what's happening around them, but confidence in themselves. So that no matter what's happening out there, a leader with confidence can have an optimistic perspective because they understand they have what it takes to handle the uncertainty, the demands, the acceleration. They can persevere and they know how to empower their troops or they'll figure it out. So as you develop this internal control, you're going to build confidence. The impulse to do something reactive goes down and you will understand that jumping to a solution is short-circuiting the total acceptance of whatever the intervention is. Because a lot of times it's not what gets decided, but it's how it gets decided and then how it's implemented. So the other day I was on a consultation call with a small medical practice. And while I knew we would be able to solve their problem and bring their team together, the owner of this practice was insistent that I tell him what they could do right now. We weren't even 10 minutes into the call. And he wanted a solution. And I understand, you know, in medicine, it's typical for doctors to spend less than six minutes with a patient and they're already determining what the plan of care is. But very often that is based on a protocol. And sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. But very often the root cause is not addressed in this protocol. Unfortunately, that's what's happening in medicine today. That process definitely takes more time. So in the WorkSmart consulting process, we like to come to the root cause because we want to give the client the solution that's going to take them through several seasons and not just this one problem. So on that call, I really felt this tug of wanting to please that person, but I also understood that that would only complicate the outcome. So I spent a few minutes just educating them on the process of problem solving and how to effectively problem solve, I could not give them a solution. Now, I did try and outline some possibilities, but assuring them that that's not necessarily what it's going to look like. So back to leveraging your past. So when you leverage your past, you know that to be successful in this new role you have to do things differently than what you did before. So 
what you're going to want to do is bring the confidence from your past into the present as you deal with these new situations. And this is the third trap. And that confidence, again, is going to really help you here. And that is doing what you've always done. So recognizing that the past is not the future and you cannot continue to recreate it because that's just not the world we live in with the level of acceleration and change that we're dealing with. But not too long ago, I heard somebody say, it worked in the past, it's going to work again. Well, that's not really true because we are not in the same age that we were in. We're in a new era and the workplace has changed. Most people are working in some hybrid sort of format. We had several years where people worked in an isolated way. It was a little weird for a lot of people. Some people loved it. Most people had mixed feelings about it. So when you accept the fact that this is the way it's always going to be done, we have learned very dramatically in this great disruption that we've all experienced that that is really not true. So to go back to the way it used to be is really going to short circuit the silver lining in this experience that we all had. And that is all the wonderful things that could come out of this major change. So one of the skills that you really want to develop so that you don't keep thinking like that, doing things the way you've always done it, is the problem-solving skills. Because we all know that people are moving. They're changing jobs more. They're moving to different geographic locations because of the remote work. And even in the same company, jobs are changing as restructuring becomes part of the everyday strategy. So learning to problem solve is going to be extremely important. So let's go back to that VP who was tough with the major challenges and now poised to take over as the CEO. So what worked in the past with this particular person's organization was her laser focus. She knew what was important as she negotiated with the vendors, but she also recognized that that's going to need some tweaking as she now has to negotiate or deal with a whole different level of people and a whole different dynamic when it comes to the intensity of her role. She needs to show empathy. She needs to recognize that people want to be understood. So her listening skills have to develop. She's going to need to be vulnerable and show some concern so that she can build trust because she knows that that is really the currency. So doing the things that she used to do is not going to make her effective in this role. So what she realizes that her ability to focus is going to help her develop these new skills. So that was really good news. And she ended up making a very successful transition in that role. Now, the last trap I want to talk about is putting too much focus on strategy or the technical aspects of the role and not enough on building relationships, making connections in the organization, developing those back channels so that you can expedite your vision for the change. 
So if you're only focused on the up and down or your vertical relationships, your boss, your direct reports, at the expense of reaching out horizontally, going beyond your colleagues into other departments, really networking and finding those influencers throughout the organization that you may be able to call on at some point, is you missing the opportunity to develop that support network and access a source of expertise and connections that will be helpful as you move through whatever change process or workflow that you're in. So skills are definitely important. I don't want to underestimate that. But I can tell you that there's always going to be someone who's an expert in that area. So if time is of the essence, developing those relationships and building those relationships is not something that you can find someone else to do. Because it is that relationship that you have with that person that is what you will be able to leverage when you need to call in a favor or to call in someone that is going to be able to help you in a particular situation. So again, leveraging your past means that you understand that even though in a previous role, you did things a certain way, this time you're going to bring forward your confidence in networking and in building those relationships so that you can continue to do it. And you're going to proceed in a way that works in your current role. So maybe in the past, you didn't have to develop relationships. And that is something that is part of your growing edge. And you're going to want to muster up the courage to step outside of your comfort zone so that you can, in fact, do that. So start small. Start with having coffee. Make a rule for yourself that you're going to have coffee with a new person at least three times a week. Now, this can be a quick coffee, but it is an opportunity to connect and just say hello, get to know someone, spend 15 minutes. That 15 minutes can be very meaningful in the future when you need something. So basically, to make this successful transition, you have to stay open and you have to continually learn, take action, and then revise as needed. So learning is one of those skills in this digital age that is absolutely essential. So if you're not willing to learn and then take action, it's going to be very difficult for you to manage the acceleration and the demands that are there. And you're definitely not going to be flexible. So just to reiterate, get the clarity around the demands in your role That's critical in the first 100 days. Remember about the intersection of mindful attention and agility. That's going to help you be flexible and act quickly. The mindful attention is being completely present in the moment. And a moment is three seconds. And that is your situational awareness. And that needs to be accurate in order for you to make the right decisions. So as the pace and demands of work accelerate, so does our learning. So this learning is not like going back for your master's degree. This is learning in the moment. This is taking in information, evaluating it, and then making a change and adapting as that situation demands. 
So to stay open and objective, you want to step outside of your assumptions. And we have a free resource for you. It's on the WorksmartThinkDifferent.com website, which is the WorkSmart Consulting website. But we have a free membership called the Quick Start Membership. And you can download the Ladder of Inference. It's a great reference about thinking patterns that's going to help you stay objective. And it really does look at how to stop jumping to solutions and what that ladder is when it comes to your thinking process. And in that membership, there are also some other helpful documents. So I hope you can see that even though you were successful in the past, the way you accomplished your success then is not going to be the same way that you're going to carry yourself forward. You have to be able to learn revise what you did and adjust. So your success as your future self requires you to draw on the confidence that you had in the past, to exercise some mindful attention and not get caught up in the internal distraction of your emotions. So if you want to have more support and be able to ask questions, join in our weekly discussion, check out the worksmartclubnetwork.com. This is our online platform and network for leaders just like you who want to develop the impact and presence in order to make a difference. So in the meantime, stay energized and be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to the WorkSmart Club podcast. We love our listeners and want to hear from you. Please join us at WorkSmartClubNetwork.com. Stay connected and subscribe to our show so you never miss any of the content. Leaving us a positive review lets everyone know we add value. We thank you for it.